Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real tech advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Collaboration over competition is a core belief of our team here at Create and Cultivate. And it's clear that Nana Ajamain is someone who abides by this philosophy as well. As the founder and CEO of Every Stylish Girl, Nana is at the helm of a multimedia platform that provides young women with the skills and access to obtain fashion media jobs, which is fitting because Nana's own resume as a fashion editor is stacked with major media outlets, including New York Magazine's The Cut, Refinery29, Elle, and The New York Times, just to mention a few. Needless to say, I cannot wait to chat with Nana about how she broke into the competitive world of fashion media herself and how she's helping others do the same. So without further ado, welcome to the work party, Nana. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. This is like literally one of my favorite podcast companies, Jacqueline. Everything you do, I'm like marveled by. So well, vice versa. I've loved watching you do your thing. And I'm really, really excited to talk about Every Stylish Girl. So let's start there. What inspired you to start Every Stylish Girl? And for those who might not be familiar, can you give us a little elevator pitch on what Every Stylish Girl is? Of course. So Every Stylish Girl is a company that is focused on building the brands of black and brown women and really helping them break barriers into the industries of fashion and media. So we're kind of like this online digital networking, like consulting advisor company for young women. <laughs> right? Like we like to say like, we are your mentors, like let us open the gates and doors for you to be able to break into the industry, but not only break in, but succeed in the industry, right? Like we kind of know what the blueprint is and we're all about sharing information and building other people up. 
Yes, I love that so much. And I love that it's such a multi-hyphenated company because I think that speaks to the generation that you're serving is there's so much that you can be doing. You don't have to be doing one necessarily one thing. You can be so many different things. And obviously the transparency into this world, which historically has been very, very tight-lipped, very, very uh, friend of a friend or you know nepotistic kind of industry deserves this kind of new treatment. So you yourself have worked with major media outlets. As I mentioned, New York Magazine's The Cut, Refinery 29, L, et cetera. But most people don't know just how much hard work it took for you to get to where you are today. So tell us about how you broke into the world of fashion media. Yeah. And so sorry. And I also wanted to ask, I also wanted to talk about like what inspired me to start it. And honestly, for me, like there was a lack of representation of women in color, of women of color in the industry, such as media. And it was really jarring, right? Like this was an industry I had spent my whole life wanting to be in, like girl who soaked up, you know, Teen Vogue when I was younger, J14, J14 or J15. I always forget what the name of that it was. It was J14 <laughs> and I remember. J14, okay. <laughs> so like, I was, you know, and I was like, I can't wait to carve my, you know, words in it and make my print and have a byline. And so when I finally, I was like taken aback because I'm like, wait, there's not any representation here, right? So that really is like what inspired me is having that firsthand experience in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about how you were able to break in. Obviously, you've had this incredible career before the Every Stylish Girl. So tell us a little bit about your journey to getting that dream job. Thank you. So... Funny enough, so I went to grad school at Columbia University in New York City, and literally the only reason why I went there, of course, in the program, but I wanted to live in New York City, and I couldn't afford to, like, just move to New York and buy a condo or, like, pay rent or anything. And so I was like, great, a wonderful transition is to go to school, right? Because with a school, you can take a loan out, and they can pay for your dorms, etc. So I went there with the intentions of being, like, my first fashion media job, right? And so I get there and I'm like, God, New York City, now I can work in fashion media. No, like it is not that easy. Like, yes, the first part about it is being where the industry is. But the second part is like outreach, right? So I remember sending 10 cold emails a day to different outlets. And like, that was the goal I set for myself. I was like, every day I'm going to send 10 emails out to editors, writers, et cetera, and just see what's. And that's literally what I did. And, you know, I think that opened one opportunity for me, then that opened many opportunities for me. So, you know, once I decided that I wanted to attend Columbia University, which I chose, honestly, because I wanted to live in New York City and it was really expensive to move there. But I knew, like, obviously going to college, you can take out a loan, which will cover your dorms, et cetera. And what better place to be, right, than where most of the fashion media magazines are based, so I got there and I was like, great, I'm in New York City now. I can land a job. But eh, no, it wasn't that easy, right? <laughs> so while I was in grad school, I remember sending 10 cold emails a day to different outlets, just hoping that someone would give me an opportunity. And I think it took like months, but the assistant to the editor-in-chief at Harper's Bazaar ended up finally emailing me back. And funny enough, the reason why she did is because we actually had the same name, Nana. So she, you know, she opened that door for me. And once she opened that one door for me, so many others opened for me to follow in my career. I love that. And I think that's so indicative of the reason why the Every Stylish Girl is, is important, why creating cultivates important. I always say it's really like 
those women out there that, you know, check out your emails, forward it along to the right person, get you that interview who maybe are never in your life ever again after that, but like truly change the path of what your career could be is so important. So I always like to say everyone can pay it forward in those small ways as well. So you break into the fashion industry, you get this incredible job and you are learning along the way. Obviously, you know, this is a very sexy, fun industry to have, but what were some of the biggest lessons you learned early on in your career? Yeah, I would definitely say always find a mentor. Without mentorship, I would be nowhere. Honestly, like I'm so serious, especially when it comes to the industry, because there's so many little things you just don't know, right? It could even come, it could just come up to like, you know, how to write a particular email, right? Like what type of language they're looking for, what type of copy they're looking for, how to write an email pitch, like all of these things. Like if you don't have mentorship, I mean, of course you will eventually learn it, right? But it'll be very difficult. But if you have someone who can advise you best, right? And you can take a few short cuts like unfortunately due to nepotism which a lot of people do who work in the fashion industry so many shortcuts because they've had someone who can help them they've had someone who's worked in the industry who can support them but unfortunately for a lot of black women breaking in we don't have that and so that's why i say find a mentor grab someone i love how you brought up you know you meet you can meet someone once and they can change your life and that's how nana changed my life from harper's bazaar we had one literally i actually didn't even end up going with a job at harper's bazaar because it at that time it wasn't a paid position but due to that conversation she was like oh wait you want a paid position I know Elle is actually hiring for paid roles. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. And so it's so, so important to one, always find a mentor and two, speak up, like be transparent and know what you want, right? Because I knew at that time I wanted a paid gig and it was exactly what I received. I love that. It's so funny because our stories are sort of similar. I... Similarly, I went to NYU for magazine production. I thought as many young girls do thought I was gonna be this like magazine editor, you know. Oh my God, yeah. Anna Wintour. I mean, that's like what we all, the whole thing, Devil Wears Prada. But I, and and that was like even 10 years after I was there, but I was interning at Condé Nast and got a job offer at Allure as a editorial assistant. And I, I mean, it was my dream come true. It was so amazing. And then they told me the salary and the salary was, and this is going to age me, but I, I think it was $18,000 a year or something like, and I was like, no. And I remember just being like, okay, I can bartend. I can like do this. And they were like, oh no, you'll be working all the time. Like you can't have other jobs. And I had to decline it. And it was like the most devastating thing. And I tried to negotiate and they were like, literally there's 30 girls outside the door. They'll take this job. And Mm. it was horrible, but I was redirected by someone to Time Inc. that was hiring in the innovation. And again, I'm a thousand years old, but like for their, basically they were looking to take people online and they were like, we need to figure out how to bring magazines online. It sounds like the 1800s. Basically I took this job and then I started getting into marketing and influence. And anyway, it all worked out. So I love that you're saying that story as well. It's like, you know, sometimes rejections, redirection, but also you have to stand up and for what you need to be successful. So yeah. now you've launched every stylish girl, which is amazing. Tell us about the transition from going from this career in fashion media to now owning your own thing, being the boss, like how has that transition been and what have been some of the hurdles that you faced? 
Yeah. So one thing I always like to emphasize to most people, don't sleep on your daydreams. If there is a side hustle that is calling your name, there's a hobby that you love pursuing, do it. Do it, do it, do it. Because due to every stylish girl, I landed my first job at L Magazine. I landed my second gig at New York Times. I landed my third gig at Refinery29. I mean, I can keep going. I landed my social editor gig at The Cut. And the pattern between all of those companies, we love what you're doing, not just with these corporate companies, but on your own right? We love what you're doing. We love your company that you're running simultaneously while working a nine to five, you know, then you work a five to grind. And so that was the most appealing factor to these companies when they were hiring me. And so I always tell people like, yes, you have this great job, but don't be married to it. Right. And I always, I always emphasize like corporate America, unfortunately is not married to you. So you don't need to be married to it. (laughs) And so it's so important. Important. It's so important to have these side hustles because due to every stylish girl, this is what opened doors for me in the industry, right? This is what got me these jobs that got me the opportunity to be on the Met Gala red carpet, right? And so I think it's so, so important to keep, you know, keep those projects going, keep them alive throughout your career. Before we dive in, I want to take a quick moment to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, OneSkin. If you're a fan of Work Party, then you know I'm a huge fan of OneSkin. OneSkin is a skincare company that was founded by a team of five women with PhDs, no big deal, who brought their unique scientific backgrounds to the table. Female founders, I'm obviously already obsessed, but my favorite part of OneSkin's mission is that it's actually a longevity company, which means their sole focus is to help slow down and reverse aging. So rather than marketing to women that we need to avoid aging at all costs, these incredible doctors developed a solution that extends the length of time that skin is healthy and youthful. I can't even begin to tell you about all the insane benefits of one skin in this break we have, but my favorite one skin solution is their proprietary peptide OS1, a game-changing daily moisturizer. The formula actively works as a reparative treatment, which sounds intense, but it's so gentle on my skin. And right off the bat, I felt more hydrated and radiant. And after a few weeks of using the product, I started noticing a huge improvement in the overall texture of my skin too. Fine lines faded and my skin just felt stronger. OS1 isn't a crazy multi-process either. All I have to do is replace my typical moisturizer with a thin layer of OS1 after washing my face in the morning and right before bed. After that, I let the product work its science-backed magic. The skincare industry is full of products that make bold claims in their effects, but one skin has a formula that actually delivers. I've told all my friends, so of course I have to tell you guys as well. And if you're ready to start reducing your biological age and feel radiant all the time, then you have to invest in this product ASAP. Plus, I have a code, so be sure to take advantage of it while you can. Visit oneskin.co slash party and use code party for 15% off your first purchase. That code applies to a one-time purchase and first order of subscription purchases. That's O-N-E-S-K-I n.co slash party and use code party for 15% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. We're the co-hosts of a podcast called A Thing or Two. It comes out every Monday and the basic premise is this. We share all the stuff we think more people should know about. So that's apps, recipes, books, the nationwide haagen vanilla bean shortage that nobody else was talking about. Our no perf- one. No one. <laughs> our preferred vacuum brands, of which we have multiples, and critical explorations of our unique approaches to paper towel usage. Listen, we think you're going to like it. A lot of people do. And who's to say you'll be any different? Listen and subscribe wherever it is you listen and subscribe to podcasts. 
So what advice do you have for aspiring editors or writers who dream of the success that you have? What would, what advice would you give someone who's starting out today? Yeah. Start on your own. Don't wait for someone to build. Like I always say this quote, don't wait for someone to invite you to a seat at their table, build your own. Right. So what does that look like? There's so many women I talk to that don't have a website. I'm like, listen, I know that may be a little old school to have a portfolio, but it's so imperative for companies to see your work online, aside from social media, right? And I know we are in the realm of that and the power and the opportunities that it gives. But I think at the end of the day, these corporate companies are still pretty traditional, right? (laughs) Or the people that work at them, at least, and in leadership roles are pretty traditional people. (laughs) And so they're going to want to see, you know, written samples from you. They're going to want to see your work online. And I emphasize this so much. You have to have an online portfolio and a website. Squarespace is an amazing tool to pretty affordable prices, and it can look absolutely phenomenal. Like you hire the top graphic designer (laughs) or website designer, sorry. And so I think it's so, so important to show your work on a platform that is off of social media. Definitely. I I totally agree. I mean, it's the first thing I'm sure people do is Google you. And if there's nothing that comes up, it doesn't make you seem like you're an expert in the field that you're applying for. So what would you say is the biggest misconception about fashion media and the fashion media industry? Oh man, I think, you know, a general one, I think most people think that it's all glitz and glamour, right? Like they don't see the fact that you're sitting in a closet with seven other employees for eight hours. <laughs> Literally, I sat in the closet. <laughs> that was my internship. And so, and it's a lot of late night work, right? And I don't think people realize the importance. And this is funny enough. This is why we have ESG is because we have a training program with ESG where young women come and they learn about what it takes to break into the industries. And I teach them everything that they need to know about how to be a multimedia journalist. And one thing that I stress to them and they learn while they're working with us is the importance of deadlines. Mm. And I think this is just like something that's just really, really overlooked because we don't talk about it a lot. But I mean, deadlines are crucial. I mean, people think, oh, I can get it in like, you know, an hour. No, when an editor says they want this on their desk, they mean it and they will not give you any more writing opportunities. And I've experienced that. Like I've been late for a deadline, maybe 15 minutes. That editor did not assign me any more stories. Mm. And so this is really the make it or break it about, you know, working in fashion and media is how, you know, how serious do you take these opportunities, right? Because as you mentioned earlier, there is hundreds of men or women that would love to work in this industry after you, right? Time is everything in this industry. Time management is so imperative. Amazing. That's a perfect segue into my next question, which is time management. As you you have the Every Stylish Girl, you're writing for multiple magazines. What is your time management regimen and how do you find managing time to be effective when you're kind of your own boss, but you also are beholden to these deadlines? Yeah. So one thing I do is I'm a pen to paper type of gal. Every day I wake up and I do a to-do list and nothing feels better than like crossing out what your goals were for that day. (laughs) So I think that really keeps me on track with everything that I have to do. But just long-term wise, when I think about time management, I harp on this all the time in every single interview and conversation I have is I created something called the five-year plan. And so essentially what it is, is like, I know what my future looks like and I have a plan to get there, right? So it just means like, I start at one week and I'm like, this is what I want to create and do in this one week. Then I go to three weeks, months, five months, six months, 
year, two years, three years, and then five years. And so this really, really keeps me aligned and on track. And I don't have so many disruptions, disturbances, um, because I know what my goals are, right? Even up to five years, I know what they are. And yes, they will drift. Yes, they will change. But I think that that fact that I know what I'm working towards keeps me really focused in my day-to-day time management. I love that. Do you have any apps or podcast or things like that, that you reference when it comes to leadership or time management or running a business or anything like that? Yeah. So a podcast that I was obsessed with was Secrets to Wealthy Women. I believe it's by Wall Street Journal. They don't have it anymore, unfortunately. Oh, no. oh gosh, it was my favorite podcast ever. But I'm sure actually, I think you can go back and listen to like all the old episodes as well. I really enjoy business of fashion because if you're someone who's just trying to break into the industry, work in fashion media, you should definitely know what the current events are that are happening in the industry. So I highly recommend that. But yeah, Secrets of Wealthy Women. I mean, that changed my life, right? It taught me about investment. It taught me about business partners, relationships, seed funding, raising money for your company, pitching. Like it has all the resources literally in one podcast. So I highly recommend it. Oh, I'm listening to that after this. That is such a great tip. Oh my gosh. You're going to get hooked. You're seriously. And like, they're not too long, which is perfect about all the episodes is like, they're quick and to the point. So I really like those. Oh, and then lastly, something that just keeps me really inspired are the daily TED Talks. I believe they're like five minutes long, but I really, really enjoy the daily TED Talks. I love that. That's such a good mix too. So that's super helpful, really great advice and definitely something I'll be listening to. So you've built a personal brand for yourself on social media alongside your successful career in fashion and media. How do you use your own social media as a platform for self-expression and to highlight your work you're doing as every stylish girl? Because I think we've entered this new era or era, I should say, of talent meets business. And whether that's you're a content creator, whether you're influential in your industry, like you are, or whether you're an actual celebrity, you're coupling and building this, your brand alongside your business. So talk to us a little bit about how those two things intermix and intertwine. Yeah. So I think for me, like I really take pride in the fact that like I'm creating authentic content and relationships through social media, right. And through my community, I I would never post something that I don't a hundred percent stand by. I would never, you know, speak down on something that I feel like is going to hurt my or affect my community. Like I'm very aware of that. And I'm very cautious with the way I speak to my community and I speak online. And so even while I was working at the cut, I think one thing that really threw that audience off a little bit was prior to me, they never had a black social editor. Right. And so, like I said, I am very authentic. Like I keep it real. (laughs) So I remember being on the cut and like, you know, really speaking to my personal experiences as a black woman. And we had this hashtag that was like, or something. And I had posted a photo of, I think it was Serena Williams and she had cornrows. And I was like, who remembers back in the day when we used to wear cornrows with beads? And I got so much kickback for that because people were like, oh, like this is cultural appropriation. How can you say this? Blah, blah, blah. And I remember going online on the cut and being like, hold up, like I'm the new social editor and I'm a black woman. Right. And so I think it's so important for me to, you know, express myself freely, whether it's on my personal platform or it's me working with another business. Right. But I'm always going to be a hundred percent authentic. And I think that is what 
people love. And we ended up like doubling our growth of like women of color on the cuts platform and their engagement and everything, because I chose to be my authentic self, right? I didn't choose to hide myself behind the cut. I became the cut. Yeah, I I love that. And I think that's great that you were able to have one represent yourself, but also step into a role and really make waves. And I think we've seen a lot of these stories crop up. I mean, with Lindsay Peoples Wagner going to the cut, obviously Elaine Welteroth back in the days at Teen Vogue. We've seen a lot of these stories crop up. But, you know, I how do you feel like representation is now over the past, let's just say five years, do you feel like things are moving in the right direction? And where do you think we still have work to do? I'm optimistic. I definitely think due to the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement in 2020, that helped just bringing people's knowledge to realize like we have so much more work to do in the industry, right? And so many voices have been silenced. And these are things that we've been asking for and preaching for diversity in the workplace, higher pay wages, et cetera, et cetera. Like we have been talking about this and now we're just exhausted, right? And so I think due to really help companies and ex- at executive levels, et cetera, to say, okay, like we need to put in some practices and some initiatives to to make sure that we are holding ourselves accountable, right? So one thing we created at Every Stylish Girl was Every Stylish Girl Biz to help companies remain accountable, right? Like you say you want more diversity, you want to have over 15% representation for the Black community, Black and Brown community at your workplace. This is how we're going to hold you accountable. We're going to launch a vetted directory of Black and Brown women who work in media and fashion all the way from internship level to executive level that you can recruit from, right? So we have this resource. So it's no longer, oh, we can't find this talent. We don't know where to look. Sign up for every Salish Girl Biz directory. (laughs) You know, it's that easy. We have an HR global directory that people can recruit and hire from. Hey, Work Party listeners, taking a quick pause to give a shout out to Babbel, a brand we love that also supports this podcast. Whether it's saving more and spending less, getting organized or focusing on wellness, there are a ton of worthwhile goals you can set for yourself this year. I know I wanted to set a goal that was both practical and challenging, something that I could work on over the course of a year and look back on the progress I've made. Being more comfortable speaking a new language has been long overdue that fits the bill. So I downloaded Babbel to jump right in. Babbel is a language learning app that's sold more than 10 million subscriptions to date. The whole process is so addicting and fun, but most importantly, fast. 15-minute bite-sized lessons keep me engaged and wanting to progress further and further. Sometimes I'll take a break from work and find myself down a rabbit hole of French learning games. I'm never mad at myself, though, because it's a productive distraction. Babbel offers 14 languages, including Spanish, German, French, and Italian. Their speech recognition technology helps improve your pronunciation and accent, which is vital to keeping the language alive. And my favorite part of Babbel is being able to play games, listen to stories, and join live classes. I can work on a new language for my bed, at my desk, on the tarmac, or before I head into a new city, quite literally, anywhere, anytime. Hopping on the app instead of scrolling through social media has been really enjoyable. And I've been thinking about this goal for such a long time, but I knew I needed something to support me along the way. I'm so happy I got myself a subscription. You have to download Babbel and try it for yourself. And lucky for you all, right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use promo code party. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com code party. Babbel, language for life. 
I want to talk a little bit about social media. Obviously, it's a place of a lot of joy and a lot of stress. Social media tends to show us the highlight reel. So let's leave behind the filters for a moment. How do you handle failure or feedback when something hasn't worked out for you? I mean, that example with the cut is a good example, but how do you sort of handle living and breathing essentially online, you know, where there's a lot of opportunity for haters, trolls, feedback, all that stuff? Yeah, I think one big thing why I tell a lot of aspiring social editors is like separate yourself from your platform, right? It's very rare that unless you're a celebrity or or established public figure that you're going to get hate on your personal page, right? The most hate I ever received was actually working through the cut. And I had to really separate myself because I had to realize like these people don't know who I am at all right? Like they just know the cut. And so their comment and their backlash is literally because of the cut. Like, you know, it could be an article that we wrote about. They didn't like that celebrity. It could be, you know, a certain tone that we use that they thought was too witty that rubbed off on them in a weird way. Like it had nothing to do with me at all. And more so to just do with the platform and them throwing hate at a, at a platform versus a person. And so I think something that really helped me just you know, protect myself and my feelings, which is realizing like, hey, it's not personal, it's business, right? Like people are just going to be people in this business and they're going to attack platforms, right? Because it's a magazine and they know it's not, they don't, it's a real person. And so I think when you have that mindset, it really helps you in terms of like not internalizing it and just like, you know, just taking feedback for what it is. Like it's social media. Unfortunately, if we could throw all the trolls into a whole nother platform, I would do that. Um, <laughs> oh, God. But like, you're going to have haters. Like yeah. that is life in general. And actually when you're succeeding the most is when you're going to get the most hate. So, so true. You know? So true. Yeah. And I totally agree with you on the platform thing. And there's certain publications that just kind of have created these sub communities within the comments of their platforms, the cut being one of them back in the day, Gawker being one of them. And ironically, like, it's funny, like one of the most intense comment sections is for me, apartment therapy, my, my, home got featured my home got featured and I had to like stop looking at the comments because it was so wild like just but it was like they clearly had their own language and way of making fun of things that was like like deeply rooted in like the way that, you know, the company presents itself. It was a long time ago and it was like one of my first media features and I was like devastated. (laughs) In retrospect, now that I've talked to other interior designers and have worked with other people in that field, they're like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a doozy for sure. But yeah, you cannot take it personally. 100%. And also just like these people don't even know you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. They only know what they see online and that's it. And you have to remember that like, they're not your friends they don't know you from anything prior like it's just what you portray online or a a snippet a little piece of your life totally I totally agree so obviously you're very busy you have a ton going on what does the future of every stylish girl look like oh gosh well First and foremost, something I'm incredibly excited about is we're launching a brand new website coming out in February and we really want it to be like like a one-stop shop for digital networking and career advancement. And so on this platform, you can one, find job opportunities there. You can categorize them by the industry that you're looking at. Two, you can network with other people in the industry. One question we get all the time is like, hey, do you know this person at this company? Do you know this person? I'm like, oh yeah, let me connect you in DM. But now you can just do it 
by yourself on this networking platform. So I'm really, really excited for it. It's going to be super engaging and absolutely beautiful. We're launching that. And then also... Sip and Slay New York City is back. And for those who don't know what Sip and Slay is, it is our in-person networking event where we bring out industry experts to drop some gems about how they broke into the industry to help you all. But it's just also just a great opportunity. We've had people get hired on the spot there. We've had people meet their next business partners there as well. So yeah, I highly recommend if you're listening, definitely be on the lookout for that on our um, Instagram page at Every Stylish Girl. Oh, love it. We love an in-person event. We love to hear them coming back. So that's amazing. So we are going to wrap with some sentence finishers. Are you ready? Oh gosh, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out. We'll find out. The three traits that got me to where I am today are resilience, honesty, and knowing what I wanted. The best money advice I've ever received is? I would say the, what is it? The 50, 30, 20 rule. So it means 50% goes to bills, 30% goes to savings, 20% goes to leisure. Oh, I think that's great advice. The productivity tool I'd be lost without. Notes in my phone, 100%. Oh my God, totally. And the book I always recommend. Defining Decade changed my life in my 20s and going into my 30s. Ooh. And my best career advice for anyone who's trying to break into the fashion media industry. Don't wait for someone else to invite you to a seat at their table. Build your own table. I love it. What an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Nana. We can't wait to follow you and hear about what you're doing. Can you tell everyone who's listening where they can follow you and Every Stylish Girl on social media? Yes. So everything is actually in the link in my bio. So if you follow me at It's Really Nana, head to my bio. You can follow the rest of the platforms. I also launched an ebook when I was working at The Cut. I doubled their growth to a million followers. And for those who are looking about growing an organic social media presence, you could definitely pick up my ebook as well on the everystylishgirl.com website. Ooh, I love that. And love that little metric in there as well. That's incredible. Well, you are awesome. We're so excited to see what you do next. And thanks so much for joining us on Work Party. Thank you. It was such an honor. I'm so excited to see what you guys have coming up as well. I will definitely be on the lookout for that. Yay! Awesome. Thanks, Donna. <laughs> Thank you for your time. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.